Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, my dear friend Lauren and I are going to be talking about DC Comics' Selena's Big Score, written and drawn by the luminary Darwin Cook. This is Lauren's second comic book ever, and it goes to show that if you put the right book in someone's hand early, they will come back for more. So, this story is one of my favorite demonstrations of a creator absolutely epitomizing a character. I would argue that Darwin Cook's understanding of Catwoman is as masterful as Jeff Johns' nailing of Green Lantern. Yes, I believe it's that good. Lorne and I get into what we think makes a good villain and how we're glad Batman doesn't really show up in this book. As always, there are going to be full spoilers for Selena's big score, so consider yourself warned. And remember, follow us on Instagram at Cameron Reads Comics, as well as leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Now, here's your summary for Selena's big score. Our story begins in Morocco. Rumors have been circulating about Selena Kyles' death. Those rumors are false, though. She's very much alive. Selena is being chased on the rooftops of Morocco because she has stolen the cup of Hassan. Unfortunately for her pursuers, it doesn't look like a chase as much as it does a ballet. After evading the men chasing her, she finds out to her dismay that the cup she stole was a fake. Now, she's broke and she's run out of places to go. Back to Gotham it is. Selena heads back to her old fence in order to pick up a box of emergency supplies, as well as inform him that she's available for work. After a shower and a meal, Selena heads back to Swifty's, her fence, and meets a young prostitute named Chantel. Chantel is currently employed by the Falcone crime family. She found out that the Falcones launder their money by putting on a train towards Montreal to trade it in for Asian heroin. This isn't the kind of money that people report is stolen, so if she can get details on the job, maybe they can steal the goods. Selena doubts that Chantel understands what she's saying. There's no way that Chantel knows just how dangerous this kind of mission is. And when Selena asks Chantel why she's doing this, Chantel responds that maybe if she does one more really bad thing, she can make something good happen for her and her daughter. It's not about right or wrong. It's about basic human dignity. These words resonate with Selena. They're a reminder of a time when she was young and she met a man named Stark. At the time, Selena was in the same line of work as Chantel, and Stark had just killed her employer. When he offers her a job, she refuses, but he says that it's not about right or wrong, it's about basic human dignity. She felt like Stark was the first real man that she had ever met. Back in the present, Selena calls Swifty and tells him that they need Stark for this heist. Swifty tells her it's a bad idea. Stark and Selena didn't really leave off on good terms, but she has Swifty reach out anyways. The next location is the apartment of the Falcones. Two of the family members are talking about how much money is going to be on the train and where they can find them. It's $24 million in cash. Stark has been residing in Miami. When Selena finds him on the beach he's residing at, it's hard not to reminisce about their time together. Stark remembers when she said that she was willing to work with him. He taught her the basics of thievery. He describes her as someone with finesse, with the longing to master doing things the hard way. As Stark is talking to Selena, he decides completely that he isn't going to go through with the job. He doesn't need it. But his disposition changes when he hears Selena say that she needs him. 
He says they need to be in Las Vegas in five days to see a guy. Selena heads back to Gotham before going to Vegas, and she sees Swifty, and he tells her that there's been trouble. A private investigator named Slam Bradley has been around, and he's been looking for Selena. Also, one night, Chantel wakes up in the middle of the night and emails some important heist information to Selena. But when she thought she was alone, she wasn't. Falcone catches her on his computer. In Las Vegas, Stark and Selena go out and find the guy Stark was talking about. His name is Jeff. They all regroup and give each other responsibilities. Jeff is in charge of getting on and off the train. Stark is in charge of lining up the basics. And Selena is going to plan the routes. They have 10 days to pull off the heist. And Selena decides that she's going to go back to Gotham to deal with Slam Bradley. They all get their work done. They're going to use a rocket-powered bike to get onto the train and then parachute off as the train goes over the bridge. Then Swifty is going to pick them up by boat for their getaway. The whole job is starting to come together. After Selena leaves, Jeff asks Stark about what happened between them. Stark tells Jeff that he, she was living two lives, one as Selena and the other as Catwoman. Eventually, Stark lost out on Selena's attention due to a certain dark night. Back at Falcone's place, Chantel visits her man, Frank. As she starts pouring him a drink, he corners her and lets her know that someone hacked his email. He beats her and lets her know that they're going to get to the bottom of it, even if it kills her. The story's narrator changes to the private investigator that has been in pursuit of Selena, Slam Bradley. He got hired by the mayor when word got out about Selena's death. Soon after, Slam put the pieces together to find out that Catwoman and Selena were one and the same. Selena knew that Slam was tailing her, but his journey really picks up when he finds out where Chantel's story left off. When Slam bursts into Falcone's apartment, he sees Chantel tied up to a chair and beaten badly. Slam takes out everyone and saves Chantel as best as he can, but she's dying. He then takes Frank Falcone up to the roof, wraps a fire hose around his ankle, and throws him over to the side of the building. That should get him to give some answers. Slam got the information he needed to head towards the heist, and he's headed there by plane. At the Canadian border, Falcone hired a man named La Perrier to investigate the bridge, and he finds Swifty. At gunpoint, they convince him to take them on a little boat ride. Before the heist, Stark reminisces on the last time he saw Selena. She had convinced him to break one of his only rules and pull a job on the Italians. The plan was to have a member of the team waiting with a getaway car. But when Stark brings the loot to the coordinated street corner, there's no car waiting. He was alone holding the bag when suddenly a whip snatches it from his hand. And that was known as the third official sighting of the criminal known as Catwoman in Gotham. He knew it was Selina. Stark got lucky and escaped. The beginning of the heist goes off without a hitch. They take the rocket bike and are able to hop on the train with ease. Selena hops on the roof and runs to the top of the train from car to car holding the cash. They hear her and shoot at the roof. Her helmet prevents her from injury, but the force of the bullet topples her over the side of the train. But, come on, this is Catwoman we're talking about. She's able to catch herself and she's able to catch herself on the side of the train and break into the car, taking out her opposition with ease. They escort the loot and hop off the train just as they planned. It's when they get to the boat that things start getting complicated. They get on the boat and celebrate a job well done. 
As Jeff is talking about what he's going to do with his new millionaire status, he gets shot in the head. But he's not the only one. Swifty has also been shot, revealing La Perrier behind the trigger. Stark automatically asks Selena what's going on. This wouldn't have been the first time she burned him. Before things get worse, Slam Bradley's plane flies incredibly low and surprises everyone on the boat and pivots their attention. The plane lands at a cove and Slam gets out to wait for La Perrier's men to return. During the plane commotion, Stark and Selena jump off the boat into the water, but as the boat tries to get away, they grab onto a rope dangling off of it and are able to catch their enemies off guard. As Stark tries to sneak up on La Perrier, he gets shot with a shotgun, but not without executing La Perrier. Selena watches the whole thing go down. As she races to Stark, he tells her something that he had never told anyone before. His first name. It's James. Selena wants to escape, but she knows that she can't get away without tying the loose ends up in the cove. It's there where she finds Slam Bradley. When he asks her what she's going to do, she says that she's headed up north. He tells her that so many people have died tonight. He needs to take her in. That's when Selena shoots Slam. Selena says, because so many people died for the money, she's not going to just let him stop her. She owes it to Chantel. She owes it to Chantel's daughter. Selena tells Slam that she's a thief, and he needs to understand that. She also lets him know that they're never going to talk about this night ever again. In one final moment, Slam asks maybe the most pressing question of the evening. Selena, did you love him? Referring to Stark. Selena responds the only way she knows how. I don't know the meaning of the word. At dawn, in a series of wordless panels, it shows Selena cradling the dead body of Stark as she eventually lets it fall back into the ocean. So this is officially the tr- third take at an introduction. <laughs> Welcome, Lauren, to the Cameron Reads Comics podcast. I guess for the I've introduced you on this podcast now like four times. So I'm honestly really flattered. <laughs> <laughs> We're giggly, so it's gonna be a fun one. Um anyways, so Lauren, you're back. We read Selena's Big Score, which is a um amazing story written by Dar- written and drawn by Darwin Cook, who is just one of my all-time favorites ever, ever, ever. I was telling you earlier, the first time we recorded <laughs> this, that this is probably within my top 20 books I've ever read, which is like, oh, but that's based on just how much content I'm taking in all the time. That's based on every publisher, and ooh, this is just one of my favorites. So, first and foremost, first and foremost, how familiar are you with Catwoman? Um, <clears throat> I was thinking about that. N- not that familiar. I feel like... um. I don't know that much about the history, right? But there was that movie with Catwoman, oh. and she's like, she has blue eyes, and she's like, right? Well, there's that's there's was she like, a is that a '90s version? Yeah. Oh yes, and that's actually my favorite. She's such a babe in that it's one. It's like one of my favorite, probably top fifty. <laughs> no, that might be my favorite <laughs> Batman movie. Really? I just love it's um 
Batman Returns, and mm-hmm. it's Michelle Pfeiffer who yeah. plays Catwoman. Oh I don't gosh. know what it is. I just find that whole like movie mesmerizing. I feel like um, I saw that maybe when I was like eight years old, and you're cool. I was so cool. You are cool. Danny DeVito is the Penguin. Yes, that's what's in there. Oh my gosh, I thought that was like a super good movie, and mm-hmm. her costume design was sick. And I thought it was like cool that I mean they tried to make her look ugly and she's not ugly. So, <laughs> but then oh she's like, well we'll get it to that. But she's like one of the coolest Catwomen. But. I also remember Catwoman and Hathaway version. Yeah, yeah. Twenty. That must have been like knows. 2013. Yeah. Is that right? No. It has to be earlier than that. No, because it. No, because it was that summer of senior year of high school that we we did. And then the year after that, Man of Steel came out. I feel like it was earlier. But anyway limited exposure i don't really know much about her story other than the fact that you know she's i think maybe like the old school version is she was this nerdy girl who was super into cats and then something happened and now she's Catwoman. that's oh, like my man. basic understanding so yeah very little oh my gosh i guess i guess maybe i should have given you some sort of intro um it's up in the air a lot of it a lot of it well i think this story kind of leans heavily for those listeners familiar on the batman year one origin story where she is like pretty much born and raised on the streets Mm -hmm. and oh so so different from batman yeah Yeah. entirely different you know he's obviously grew up in upper crust like wealth and she is like literally grew up trying to make her own way for herself and so when it talks about like her we can go i don't know if you remember full spoilers all of it. Um, yeah. But it goes in this one full. Sp- <laughs> We're having some in-ear fuzz right now, and it yeah. is so annoying. I'm sorry for my listeners, but it might. It literally just sounds like the microphone's like farting at us. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> one old school. We have since taken off the ears because it is uh, literally freaking out on us. But anyways, um, so this in this story, it's really. It's emphasizing the origin where she referenced, you know, so desperate that Mm -hmm. she needed to find a way out. That was her situation. And so she wasn't, like, quite, like, into cats. But when she sees this kind of dude walking around as a bat, you know, she she adopts, I guess, her, whatever, spirit animal, you know, or, like, her... you know, and, 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 and a lot of it, too, she's, I'm air quoting, a cat burglar. So that's her origin. And so really that kind of calling card kind of thing and so it's Ooh, emphasizing her growing up in the streets i have a question because i feel like similar to batman right there's his origin story is pretty much the same but there are different takes on his origin story mm-hmm. so why this is primarily by darwin cook correct yes why does he take this spin on her background do you think um i think this is pretty much her standard background it's pretty much she's like grown up in the streets um why does he take this t- twist? Because number one, this story is a high story. And so I think this character mm-hmm. really having an edge and like really being kind of in the crime like realm. Mm-hmm. I think it was just a very, it's very noir. It's very gritty. And yeah. like what I love too about that though, is it, and about his referencing this origin is it shows that she's capable. Like she does have an edge to her. Totally. And also, um, because <clears throat> I don't know his other pieces of work. It does he normally like gritty stories, or is this just? Um, yes, 
he did. He does have some edge to him. I think he, you know, he actually did a really, really, really great uh, Justice League story called oh. New Frontier. But it was, and obviously his style is very just like mid-century, yeah, and like very '60s and very retro, which is just I, I'm a huge fan of. And so he did a '60s take on the uh, Justice League. Oh, which very is when they cool. when they were all coming out. And so it was like, okay, okay, what happens if it was like real grounded drama, but these superheroic figures were coming out as they looked in the 60s. And so uh it is amazing, amazing, amazing. If you ever want to read that, that is like one of my all-time definitive Justice League origins. It's like how Jordan, who's Green Lantern, is like a cosmonaut almost. And he is like test pilot for the United States Air Force, but he goes into space and like there's an alien invasion and it's just so uh it's a this one's very gritty and yeah. we'll talk about that and even in the art style it's very unpolished in totally. a very like stylistic and tonal way in that one it's very bright and very uh futuristic and i don't know he's just brilliant i just freaking love Darwin that's so super much. cool yeah i'll show you that i might have loaned that out to someone but if not ooh, i'll give you that one so okay. uh i guess going up perfect transition did you like the art How'd you feel about it? Yeah. um, I think it was most definitely different from last time. And I actually, from the first page, pretty much noticed right away that it was its own type of style. Um, And I don't know if that makes sense, but the way that Selena was drawn, it almost made it feel like it was a cartoon, Yeah, but um, with more grit and the interesting, you know, contrasts with colors and determining the mood and setting the tone i I just thought it was very well done his freaking color choices and palettes especially at the beginning because they change Mm -hmm. like i wrote down the first couple i noticed but like in morocco the the entire scheme is blue right yeah and And then when they're in is it florida yeah yeah miami yeah miami and it's like all bright and yeah. turquoise and yellow it's and like oranges. pink yeah yeah it's, yeah, like, yeah it's very like salmon almost uh-huh. and then gotham is brown yeah because she hates that city and right. it's like a stink hole and i'm like That's, i love that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh i think towards the end there's some reds yeah with right? his when it's reminiscing on her past with stark yeah it's red and i'm like yeah Whoa, I which i i felt like that was important to set the tone and understanding of what she was experiencing, especially because, you know, she has that troubled past with Stark and you can tell there's like complications there, I suppose. But I don't know. I just felt like the way that he was able to convey feelings and tone through art was cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, and especially like set a mood. Like every time mm-hmm. he changed locations, he gave it like it's a full page without words. And he just did a bunch of like cut well it's panels, like on the page obviously, but each panel was kind of like a different, I guess, aspect or just a tool to set the tone mm-hmm. of the new place they were at. So in Miami there's like a lizard on the wall or something. Yeah. And in Las Vegas there's so many colors. Uh-huh. Like it was just bursting off the page and then there's a full page of the dice roll. That that dice roll page is one of my favorites. I just don't, I don't know why, but I was like, you just wow, really liked it. it brought you into that place and it revealed a new character and it was just so tasteful. I was like, Oh, that's so cool. And so, um, yeah, I just freaking, love- he's one of my, one of my all time favorite artists. And actually he was very young when he passed away. He was like 50 and Whoa. it was like the first one that ever hit me. It was like, Oh, like that hurt. Wait, when was this created? I think this book is from, I think it's from 2003. Oh, so he, when did he pass away? Like, like recently, like 20, I think I want to say it's like 2015. 
Oh wow, that's a bummer. Luckily, I have the internet right here, and I can pull it up. But yeah, he is—he's one of my all-time greats. Actually, compared to um, what we what we last read with you was mm-hmm. Black Widow. How do you do? You see the influence and like the stylistic comparisons? Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about that upon reading it the second time. How they're they're similar, but they're so not. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, they're both, you know, two women who come from really interesting pasts, but the way that they deal with how they're going to go about things, very different. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know if maybe I'm correct on this and maybe it's my interpretation versus your own, but I felt like Black Widow was a lot more clean cut. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. a good guy. Yeah. 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 And um, with this, I mean, but even with the style, mm-hmm. with the... um. I don't know, like the details and of the art. Each. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Way more detailed, I would say versus, uh, this art. Yeah. For yeah. This story. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was too. It was just like, but I also, I don't know. I just think the grit, cause if you look, I gave for those, I don't know that no, but I gave Lauren the copy of the Batman ego and other tales volume. And so that has a lot of other stories. Yeah. And if you look at his other stories, like even if you go to the new frontier, that's going to be a lot more polished. Like, right. And this one, I was like, ooh, I almost found it unreadable at times. Oh, and also this was the one with Ego. Yeah, Batman Ego. I really liked that, by the way. Well, we can talk about it. I just didn't have a copy of it. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, as a side note, because you said that this influences um, the new movie coming out. Yeah. Right? Oh, we're going to talk about the new movie. Yeah, which um, I thought it was really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ego? Like, yeah. Oh, great. I didn't like it when I first read it. I, I know, and that's what you said, and I was kind of surprised because the way that it ended, I loved it. i got to reread it. It's just, you know, <laughs> I, I, this is my third time reading Selena, and I just, oh, I just think heist book, perfect, like perfection. Well, and also, if you think about it, right, um, kind of uh, Black Widow and this are both heisty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just, and it's like. So you like, you like uh, heist stories, huh? With Serena and this one. You know what I loved about this one was that her heist abilities, it just shows he really does a great job, even in the first, like, Morocco, of mm-hmm. her being smart. Yeah. Like, she outsmarts all of her opponents as, like, she's so strategic. Like, there's the page spread where it's, like, just a couple panels, but she jumps off the roof, gets on another one, <laughs> and you see the guy trying to follow her, and there's nothing. And then it zooms in on, like, a chimney. And then zooms in to see her feet are hanging out of the chimney yeah. and she's inside of it. I'm like, you just were mind boggled. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Every angle of that was just like brilliant. And I think it's one of those rare things where I think Mark Wade and Chris Omni, who did Black Widow, work together so well. And you can see like their co like or collaboration happening. They call, I was going to say like their co storytelling, but it's like mm. it's collaborative and they, they refer to each other as co storytellers, not just writer. Oh, that's right. That's what you said. It's cool. And so with this one though, you can really see Darwin's vision in its entirety just coming out, which is a very special thing that, you know, we don't get in a lot of comics. I was going to say, do you feel like that's a special quality? Yeah. It's a very special ability to see very specifically someone's, the entirety of someone's vision. Cause I think I could, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure that he inked this as well. So oh, it's wow. Like he had so much in the process was all of him. How long do you think this story took to make? I don't know. It came out as a graphic novel on its own. So that means it was the one story with four chapters just done. So okay. maybe for him, I don't know, six months. 
four to six months. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot longer than I was expecting. Oh, dang, girl. How are you? Well, I mean, I, I think I was more along the lines of, um, I don't know, maybe three months. Yeah, that it, and it could be. I don't know. And I I was really young. You don't know. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. Uh, so wait, did did you like the story? I, mean, do you know I did. I did really like it. I was um, telling Cam earlier that I think this one was a little bit harder for me to follow just towards the end. That is so funny to me because I thought the other one was way harder to follow. No, I thought that this one, as far as background, was very easy to follow. But then towards the end, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Who's who's dying? Like, what happened? Who's oh, yeah. stealing what? Like, <laughs> so I don't know. I think my um, I was a little bit all over the place. But I did really like it. And also, I like her. I like Selena. I think she's super cool. Yeah, I think when it comes to, like, competent women in comics, one of, I'd argue, probably my number one. Like right, Selena Kyle. I think she's just one of the best characters ever. I think she's, again, we were talking about this, but um, she's kind of one of those superhero, superhero, antihero, antiheroes, woman though. Where I'm saying she's not overly sexualized as far as I feel like her wit is what makes her. Yeah, it's not exactly. her body. It's not, you know. I don't even know these powers that are beyond her. It's her wit. It's yeah. her her ability to strategically plan how she's going to execute. And which I is, like that. Yeah, which is really kind of what makes her and Batman so synonymous with one another. Yeah, and that's – I've never thought about it like that. But you know how they're always like, oh, Batman would lose against yeah. Superman and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But it's like that's the brilliance of the character, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And it – I don't know – my guy Ryan at the comic store, him mm-hmm. and I talked and I said, oh, well, who do you think would win? Because, you know, I think. <laughs> is that like an ultimate debate? It, it's he made. And this is the point that he made that I guess I'm trying to convey is he's like, you know, it's whoever the fans like more because everyone can give you a million reasons why so-and-so totally. would win or why so-and-so would win. Because totally. I'm like, I'm in the camp where I think logically Superman would win. And this is because of Jason Inman, who's one of the podcasters I love, love, love. He's like, he can throw the moon. If you can yeah, throw the moon, like, you win. If and you're like, talking about powers, he's got like, them. Like, literally, like, and yes, I understand Batman with, with planning time, blah, 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 all the other things. I'm like, Batman will always, though, in the, all the fights you'll see is he will use the he will use his brain to use Clark's hum- humanity against him, which is going to be, you know, the ultimate thing. And how you see that play out is the most fun anyways. So frankly, it depends on who's writing them. Who do I think would win? It's up to debate for both. Cause whatever, it doesn't matter. I just like yeah, the story. But I think that's an interesting debate, right? Because I guess that's kind of what we're talking about as far as like, if you were to pit wonder woman versus Selena, I mean, Oof. I that's do. what I don't know, but that'd be a great fight to watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, if, if they make that a movie, oh, we man. Uh, we plotted that. So thanks. I'm like, yeah, all the credit goes because <laughs> DC Comics is so listening. chaos. Thank you. <laughs> um, so okay, so you liked it though, or you thought it was a little hard to follow, but did you like? No, I overall gen, I really liked it. Oh my gosh, I just freaking love the story so much. So I'm a little biased. Oh, wait, you had some questions to me that we were talking about before this, but. What do you, what were you, some of your, you said continuity wise, what was happening? Yeah. I mean, I think just towards the end. So I had to, um, I think I had to decipher that there, the, the parts with Stark, right? Some of them are the past, yeah. which I understood. Yeah. And then once it was the present and then they were actually carrying out the heist, yeah. that's when I started to get a little bit 
confused, but maybe that's the point. I mean, she's like yeah. able to escape this heist. Yeah, well, you know, also a character you're you can guarantee isn't going to die, or at least you know, knock on wood for the next five years, or will die and come back is Catwoman. Like she's not going to die. So yeah, with everyone else dying, it's just kind of like the heist went wrong, and I just think. They thought they planned for everything, and there's one thing that went out of their, you know, chain of command, and it it threw the whole heist off. And I think, uh, I guess maybe my follow up question for this will be, what was your favorite moment? Because mine is has to do with the end. I really liked the end. Oh, great! Yeah, I right? really liked the end. Um, I really liked. Actually, you know what? I really liked the beginning. Oh, I love it's the, so good. The full page splash that says "I'm very much alive." Loved that. Come like, on, that that's nails, my favorite. That nails the character. That's yeah, it. and like when um when they go into how it connects what Chantel, that's her name, right? Yeah. When Chantel is like basic human dignity, yeah, and it loops right into the story with Stark. Oh yeah, come on, Masterful that was like that was so beautiful. Yeah, I that's that was my favorite moment. And basic then you human catch dignity. It. Yeah, yeah, like that sets up the tone for her and mm -hmm. how she has this complicated nature with Stark, but also, you know, she's looking for basic human dignity too. At the end of the day, yeah, and. It makes her because she was fundamentally a villain, you know, and this yes. you see this happen with a lot of villains where they it happened with Mr. Freeze. It happened with a lot of them. So, for example, for Mr. Freeze, he was a villain, standard villain, just a cold guy for a while. And then in the animated series, which actually, fun fact, Darwin Cook worked on oh. in the animated series. they And that's why it almost kind of looks cartoony. That's oh, OK. But yeah. Darwin Cook, who worked on the animated series, he uh or not him, but Paul Dini and Bruce Tim, who were really responsible for Mr. Freeze, they made him so he, he was a tragic figure where his wife was cryogenically frozen, and then he pretty much, something went wrong, and he got a disease where he cryogenically had to freeze himself, and so everything he does is motivated to try to find a cure for his wife. Interesting. So and humanizing so the... The villain. It yeah. makes them sympathetic characters, and I think what it did with Serena, or Serena, Selena... Uh, do we even know her name? Selena I'm Kyle. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, I love her. But <laughs> she, with uh, Selena, you see that no matter where she came from, it's not about necessarily the heist. You know, it's not no. what she's stealing. It's about the rush for her, which is number one. I think why we love that panel too is because it's not necessarily she won the cup, she stole the cup, whatever. It wasn't about the cup in the first place. Yeah. She felt alive and she feels alive when she's doing what she's doing. Yeah. And that's why Batman does what he does too is because like, not because it, it is because he's avenging his parents, but a lot because he, he feels alive. You know, it's a rush, mm -hmm. you know, let's not act like it's not extreme. <laughs> and so, um, you see, she becomes a sympathetic character when she's like, I did what I did, you know, to, to, to get out of the streets. And you saw that with Stark and you see that with Chantel. So she's like, you, you, you sympathize with that character yeah. and then you support her and all she's doing. You know, it's interesting because I understand that she is a villain, but I didn't view her as a villain in the story. That's great. That's how you know it's well I, done. Yeah. Because I, I actually had never thought about that until you brought that up. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking of it as her story which is nice. I think that's why the beginning is so crucial, yeah. right? Because we're not talking about this villain and trying to 
you know, I don't think it's about giving her this like scope where you're like, oh, actually we feel bad for her, right? It's like, no, this is why she does what she does. Yeah. And I think that's cool. Why do you, why did you really like the end though? Okay. I'm curious. Because another one that I think just nailed the character, like when we talk about stories that just absolutely hands down nailed it. Mm -hmm. This is one for me for Catwoman is when Stark dies and Slam Bradley's asking asking her, did you like did you even love him mm-hmm. and then she walks then it's it's a beautiful two-page cut too yeah and wa- the colors by the oh, way are my so gosh. cool and he says did you love him and she says i don't know the meaning of the word and it's like oh god it's me in the heart because i'm like that's her she you can't yeah fundamentally all of the uh supporting characters were reminding one another that they can't trust her I know. And she showed herself to be untrustworthy the entire time, but then you see her in the boat with Stark's body, like, holding it. And then she just lets it go. And I'm like, oh, that's just so masterful. Yeah. Like, chef's kiss, perfect. And I, It's funny that you say that because I was kind of surprised by that ending. Ugh. Not that I thought, oh, like, she was supposed to say something along the lines of she was in love with him, but it's, like, it's so sad and cold yeah but a perfect ending i think for her yeah yeah was, it's in that yeah i'm just 110 percent agree yeah that, which, was, that was my favorite moment um i don't know if this like applies in the comic world as well but is it maybe like percentage wise you could say but do they like usually end with good endings or just depends on the story. Yeah. <laughs> but like, would you say if you could give like a general person? Because I, I mean, I guess you could kind of argue that wasn't a good ending. Oh, I think it was a perfect ending. I think it's a perfect ending. But if you're thinking in terms of like a very typical plot, that was a bad ending, right? No, because number one, she got she got what she wanted and it was at the cost of, you know, she got the money. She got the heist. Mm. She, she got what she wanted. It was her big score. At what cost? That's always what makes the story interesting. Um, And I think when you look at typical noir heist kind of stories, it's always like, you know, for example, very classic that I'm sure was referenced in this at some point was the Maltese Falcon, which is the original Humphrey Bogart, which is it's not about the heist at all. Right. You know what I mean? And so I think it's very a a, a classic demonstration of the genre that it was Mm -hmm. trying to convey. Uh, But... Because the Maltese Falcon isn't about the Maltese Falcon at all. Like Chinatown with Jack That's Nicholson so deep. isn't about Chinatown at all. <laughs> I'm like, I took a history You're of like, cinema class. Um, I know a thing or two about good or bad endings. Lauren showed me up last <laughs> last <laughs> Black Widow episode, and I was like, "There's so many questions I didn't know the answer to." <laughs> well, I mean, it's a bit arbitrary, I think, to say good versus bad ending because I think, you know, oh gosh, too deep to even say good versus bad. But um, I think. It was a perfect ending for the story and a perfect ending for this type of, uh, I don't know, I guess you could say background story for a villain. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I just thought, I think that's a good point. I think she won, but at what cost? Yeah. And like, I really believe at the end of the day, I don't know. It didn't address this, which I kind of wish it did. Um, I don't know what percentage or a hundred percent that she would give to Chantel's kids. Chantel's no daughter. way. Oh, dude. She's like, she literally talked about bringing on that burden and to Slam Bradley. Yeah. And I'm like, because that is also in Selena's character. And like the thing too, like 
let's just go f- talk about villains or air quotes villains. Um, the best villains are the ones where you totally understand why you're, they're doing it, and they are sympathetic characters. So, like, Infinity War. Let's talk about Thanos. Mm-hmm. He was 80% of the movie, and frankly, if you kind of look logically at what he's doing, he's correct. Yes. I Okay, I definitely understand what you're saying because I would say even, like, a good villain, right, is someone who makes you feel so conflicted. Yeah. Right? Like, when I think Thanos, I'm like, oh, my God, Thanos, he's the worst. I'm like, he is the worst. We can all agree. Yeah, <laughs> he literally kills yeah. 50%. Yeah, 50%. Yeah, of humanity, which is, you know. All right, Lauren, that's, wow, that's very, like, spaceist. Like, it was. Oh, it was every, everything. Everything. All Sorry. I'm like, so many... All like, galaxies matter. All the Martians are <laughs> pissed. <right> um, <laughs> Dang, I can't believe you just said that. I am so politically incorrect. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> but even like, another one too is Magneto that a lot of people love because like, he thinks that mutant kind is the, are the superior beings as opposed to humanity. And so he doesn't want... He doesn't want to just like, meet in the middle with humanity. He wants to be above them. And it's like, mm, you're yeah. right because... Freaking whatever. Uh, in evolution, you are the next species up. Yeah, screw humans. <laughs> Lauren's like I'm. Lauren's like pro Magneto. <laughs> um. Anyway, all I was just trying to say was, um, yeah. When they're when they're confusing like that, like that requires a lot of brilliant writing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. I, pr- I probably just did like a lot of mansplaining, and I just want to apologize. You're like, Lauren. Like, actually. <laughs> but that's kind of the point of this podcast, According isn't it? According to. Oh, this is all vanity, baby. This is all, this is all me spouting off. Like, I'm like, oh, hey, Lauren, you want to come in and let me talk at you about Catwoman? Before and then I'm going to record it, and then yeah. everyone's going to listen to it. This is immortalized. <laughs> I'm like, like notes Catwoman poster on the wall. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, you had the Catwoman poster. Do you remember oh, that? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. You stole that. By oh, the way. Oh, fun fact that relates to this too. So, um I guess I stole something in 2013 low high graduates. <laughs> I think we rented those too and they just had to pay for it. <laughs> oh my Yeah, you're Thank right. You. I messed up. Wait, how did you steal that? So, Context. I think we had a big a stu- uh, school assembly, and there's a Catwoman cutout of Anne Hathaway. There's a big a stool assembly. Is it, is it, a, it was a big poop assembly. <laughs> All right, sorry, I'm fine. Uh, every time I mess up, Lauren will catch it. That's why we had to do the intro three times. Um, it's a big school assembly, and we had the. Uh, a Catwoman cutout, or just like a bunch of weird movies, like, you know, Star Wars, like Skywalker, Yoda, a bunch of them. And I saw a Catwoman, and me and my best friend Christian grabbed, pretty much grabbed it, covered it in our jackets, and walked out and put it in Christian's mom's classroom and covered oh, it in our jackets for the totally rest of the day. Oh, that's totally right. You are right. I yep. grabbed it, still kept it like incognito, took it to my car, took it home, and then it, it stood in my bedroom for like four to a five long years. Time. Yeah, like yes. a long time. And so. I got rid of it because eventually, Why? because it beca- I felt creepy looking at like, a cutout of Anne Hathaway for that Honestly, many years. Honestly, true. And also, Anne Hathaway isn't even like, she's cool. She's not the coolest. I think she's great. She's my what? You know, no. she's my favorite Catwoman. You Nails literally it. just talked about how the other Catwoman was your favorite. Well, I love them both. You're conflicted. I think the most you're more a com- villain. More comic accurate <laughs> is uh, you're so right. You called me out on my bottom anyways 
The most comic accurate one is Anne Hathaway's, and her whole costume getup is inspired by Darwin Cook's Catwoman costume. Oh, so that's why you love it. Yeah, because it looked different. It her costume, frankly, was like used to be like number. Not that there's anything wrong with like skimpy outfits, but like mm-hmm. it's very skimpy in mm-hmm. a way where like it's a woman being drawn by a man, and you just kind of see that reflected mm-hmm. in the art as opposed to. Yeah. So this was the first time he kind of made her all black, covert, made the goggles. Yeah, like, she looks the cat sick. Eyed. She looks sick. Yeah, and so that was all him. And so, and it, pretty much the costume didn't get changed until very recently. And Joelle Jones, who's the current artist, or she was most recently, kind of it, it, responsible for the new suit. Okay. She is. She did a great job too, and she kind of you could see the the Darwin Cook, but you can also see the style and the purple, and it's great. But Anne Hathaway's costume is very reminiscent of the Darwin Cook costume, so which is why you love it. Which is why I love it, but also her <laughs> performance in that movie, oh, she's so convincing and very anti-hero too. You know, yeah, I honestly to to be real, I haven't seen that movie in a while, but oh, I do remember thinking she was I thought super you were cool. They're gonna say I haven't seen that movie, and I'm like, what? Oh no, that would be like. I don't even know. It really sacrilegious. It's the scene when she breaks into the the very opening when you first meet her and she's trying to be a, a waitress at oh, the Wayne Manor and yeah. tries to break in. And I'm like, oh, it was just – she changes her posture at some point where she's like – Bruce catches her. She changes her posture like, oh, my gosh, it was such an accident. And then she he's like, no, it wasn't. He's like, you literally like got my fingerprints like using blah, blah, blah chemical. And she's like – changes her posture and she's like – Oh, and I was like, oh, that's kind of You were like, I love you. I'm like, I'm all out of love. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? Okay, so. uh, um, How do you feel about the story as from an accessibility perspective? Totally accessible. Great. Oh, except towards the end. Oh, you mean like. But I mean like continuity wise. Totally. You mean like as far as last time, remember, I was like, who the hell is this Yeah, Nick Fury's on the moon. Yeah. And and there was a random God person. Um, No, totally accessible. Yeah. Like anyone could pick this up, right? 100%. That is what I want out of like, you know, comics and to something like this to share. Mm -hmm. Also. And I would recommend this to someone. Great. Yeah. Great. Okay. uh, New question actually going off the Anne Hathaway tangent that we did. I just wanted to. I was like, what's the next question I have? Meh. How did you feel? Okay, knowing, number one, Lauren and I love High Fidelity. The love. Hulu series that's only one season breaks my heart. Love. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Yes. So knowing that, Aunt, uh, not Anne Hathaway, Zoe Kravitz is going to be Selena Kyle. How are you feeling about that? Do you oh see her in a God. story like this? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Could you that. think of a more fitting person? It's perfect. Like, wow. Well, first, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I had literally the biggest girl crush on Zoe Kravitz after that show. I mean, I really liked her before. Don't get me wrong. But that show, I was like, dang, this girl is cool, number one. Number two, she's beautiful. She's smart. Even if as a you know actress in general, she's an activist. She's just like the coolest person, okay? And when you think of Catwoman, right, you think of someone who's just so cool yep and she's gonna rock it oh my gosh and well the number one pinnacle in my head of high fidelity is her with that leather jacket and the and the cortez blazers on yes or cortez is just cortez i'm like oh you're so cool and you know that she's gonna bring that to the character yeah and like well because 
And it, we saw in the story, Catwoman is someone who's cool under pressure. Like, uh, best example, when she, like, falls off the side of the train, they're like, oh, she just died. And she's yeah. like, grabs her. And she's she, like, what's up? And then they check again in the train car, and she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like, Yeah, I think, um, I mean, also, I'm sure there was a lot of pressure to bring an actress into that role. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it is. always is. She's, you know, she's one of the characters. She's actually, she's actually been around for 80 years. So. Wow. Her first appearance. Actually, uh, I have a Batman number one poster in my room. That's her first appearance. So oh same first gosh. appearance as the Joker. Yeah. It's a huge, huge. Yeah. So when you heard yeah. that it was going to be Zoe Kravitz, were you pleased? When I heard about Zoe Kravitz, honestly, like with this whole Batman, the Batman movie, um, I just want to see how it plays out. I'm really excited. Um, one of my favorite guys who I actually had on the podcast, Koi Jandro, who talks about you know his opinions and theories and fan theories and news surrounding it mm-hmm. he said it's like a david fincher-esque uh batman movie and i really see that and when you look when you look at the what shots does that of mean fincher like uh same guy who did fight club same guy who oh. did um uh gone girl and seven and wow that guy like a girl with dragon tattoo and oh so this movie's gonna be it's fincher-esque it's not that director of course right but, but you see the tone um, yeah like it's gonna be a little weird it's dark and gritty and in your face and i think it's it's gonna be smart i think it's gonna be incredible and robert pattinson like a lot of the drama surrounding that is robert pattinson and i'm like yo guys go watch good time go watch rover yeah. go watch cosmopolis anything. i kind of like the emo robert pattinson that we're seeing yeah he's emo boy and then um <laughs> her as catwoman i think she's i just think of someone who's cool and mm-hmm. i think like to a, a cool to the unattainable level yes i'm totally. never gonna be as cool as her no know? and i've i've just accepted that I'm like i'm fine you know what's funny is she wears do you remember the shoes that she wears in high fidelity those boots black boots I mean, classic they're, they're not the doc martens no no, they look like Doc Martens, oh, they the, but they're the knees? not. Yes. Yes. I looked for those. <laughs> they And, of course, I looked at a whole interview about them. They're like these thrifted, like $400 boots, unobtainable. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> of course they are. Yep. <laughs> that is. So. so, yes, she's cool. She'll be perfect for this role. Yeah, totally and it's just like to the cool, like. You want to see how cool she is? Go watch High Fidelity. And like, yeah. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Totally. And it's also, I think, you know, frankly, High Fidelity, if you guys need – if you guys don't already have the plug, here's the plug. Go watch it. Totally. But um, if you want to see – it's cool but also self-destructive, which I do think is a cat woman kind of thing. I think she's very self-destructive Yeah, if character. I think about – hmm, I wonder if, if Zoe likes these types of characters. But they're kind of similar. Yeah, absolutely. And so I get – I. I'm excited to see. I'm really excited because I think it's going to be amazing. So, yes, I'm excited for her. Um, I'm glad you're excited. Did you have a favorite character? Mm, I liked Stark. You liked Stark. What, what do you think was about about him did you like? Um, I like that he was hard to figure out, but at the same time, he wasn't. It was yeah. so clear that... Him and Selena had this connection, and he had said, I'm not going to mess with the Italians, right, over and over and over again. And he provides her this opportunity early on to, you know, change her life. So he very much cares for her, right? And I think, you know, their story is complicated, but it's cool. Like, he is willing to go against that one core thing. 
and it bit him in the ass. Yeah, yeah, to the point. But it shows that number, I think, too, and maybe this is a stretch, but I think going into the job, he was still willing to die for Totally. Yeah, like, I, I agree. The first I think time he knew he what bro- he was getting himself into. Yeah, and I, he knew he knew. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think we saw a lot of that. But I I think we saw that many times. Mm-hmm. He knew. I think he, yeah, he he kind of knew and that's why he that's why he went to mom, you know, to go get guns cuz I don't think they really had very many guns or anything, but it was a uh... And like I feel that sometimes. Like yeah. you know when you're doing something and you're like, mm. And that's a very Calvin story. Like that's why this story isn't about the good guys. And I think yeah, with, with that's Black, a very good point. With the Black Widow story too, it's like they wanted to give her an edge, and they did give her something. But you knew that she wasn't necessarily going to kill anyone. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really think about the story in that way, but I think that's why it was refreshing. Yeah, you have like a bunch of people who are technically not good people, but they're yeah. just trying to get by. They're trying to have basic human dignity. Yeah. And, but they have these moments of being human, even though they're villains, I guess. Yeah. You could call, yeah the criminals, thieves. whatever. Honor among thieves. And I think that's why it was cool. You just see these moments of being so human. And especially with him, like he's badass, and he never gets into those situations. And then he's like, cool, cool. And like, I like how he described teaching her yeah the tool of the trade like he's like oh i i just used some freaking uh what's it plastique or something to open a safe but she wanted to learn the old-fashioned way and like shows her like trying to crack the code i'm like that is so yeah and their connection was just cool in general yeah like it was it was really well done and like he was a good character right he really was who's your favorite character slam bradley well yeah what do you mean? Well, yeah. You look at me like that's predictable. <laughs> well, okay. I didn't want to because remember last time I was like Black Widow, and then this time it's like I don't want to say the same thing. The same. Oh, I like Stark. I like Slam Bradley, and I I didn't ask you. What, did you have a favorite art page? Um, no, but I think when you're talking about the very end, like that, the colors in that were just so well done. Um this part oh it's like literally right here oh come on oh just the last page when she lets his body go yeah oh absolutely it's in the sunset and it's like the purples and the blues and the i don't even know like even when i was driving over here there was a really pretty sunset by the way yeah so that page with the sunset was really well done and actually the angle of that sunset too was really yeah what what i was gonna say not ours in the sky but in the book (laughs) (laughs) I just, um, I think like in those moments, let's say when you just see a really nice sunset and yeah. you know, everyone's like, oh, sunset pics are so lame, which is true. Right. Because when you see them on social media, you're like, okay. But in person, it's just like, it's it so just bad. hits different. Okay. I'm like, I have nothing against sunset pics, but okay. Oh, dang. I'm like elitist. But, <laughs> um, no, like I just feel like it was purposeful utilizing those pictures at the very end. Cause she understands that she doesn't, un- she doesn't know love, but like, dang, she really cared for Stark. Yeah. He's yeah. Gone. So, and it's just a moment. That's all. He is so good. He's so good. I freaking love it. And, um, 
Stark's good. Yeah, no, but my favorite character was Slam Bradley. And mostly, okay, my first, my favorite art page, though, was yes. the first page of Slam Bradley, where you see him and it's just raining and it's just so gritty and beautiful. And like, you kind of are wondering what he's doing and you see mm-hmm. the sea line and then you find out what he's doing. You freaking threw a guy over the rooftop yeah. and <laughs> holding him by the fire hose. Yeah. Um, I think with this story, there is a, a clear code that Serena has. Oh, Serena. Selena has within herself mm-hmm. uh, and her what she does, but he has a you. Everyone knows his code as you see it, you know, yeah. and like his is very clear. And his whole arc of trying to find her, and I loved the scene. It showed where he was like trying to stake her out, mm-hmm. and it he wakes up from sleeping because they honk at him or whatever, and he looks and tries to follow them. They slash his tires. I yep. loved all of that, and like kind of him being. I don't want to say like a chump, but he kind of felt the ramifications of that. And so it was really, really, really good. And I thought his narrations were very interesting and seeing him piece together the mystery of what's going on and what happened to Chantel, you know, you saw Mm -hmm. it through his eyes and he, you know, there's only one, one more living person in the room, you know, I know that part when, um, at the very end, when she talks about how many lives were lost because of her, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's it's it. real. I yeah, mean. and that means it, it's also good to see too because it shows that she's also affected by yeah. you know what she's doing. It, it yeah. doesn't take it lightly because as we see in every action movie ever, you know people don't care, but that weighs on her, which makes her you know again. A yeah, it would be a totally empty story if. Well, I mean, maybe it wouldn't be empty because Joker doesn't really feel sympathy or empathy. That's a whole different. Totally. But I guess what I was just going to say is it to me, it would have fallen flat if she didn't care. Right. The whole point is she's just trying to get her money and dip. But that's not the point. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, it was so good. Okay, so I guess, Lauren, my last question for you. um, What would you rate the story out of 10? I would give it an 8.5. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, Why? For what reasons did it lack or what reasons did it? Yeah. I um, I think actually, honestly, my rating has changed through discussing it. I will be real because... It I, was lower? It was lower. Yeah. But I think the point that you talked about as far as me, I, I think because I just thought of it as a story, right? I didn't go into it of like, this is the background of a villain. And to have that um, depth towards multiple people who are classified as villains is really cool i think that's such a cool concept and it was tied in well and there was good connections good art um i mean selena's super cool Mm -hmm. you have again i think for me it's about telling a story and it was a good story yeah and i think at the end of the day too with with this one um you like wait what's your rating I'm just going to – my rating is a – honestly, like a 9.5. Wow. This is one of my favorite Maybe stories ever. Maybe it's your top 20, so yeah, I, this is, I'm not surprised Honestly, maybe a 10. <clears throat> uh, I'll say it. I'll, I'll say it's a 10. Because a I, 10? I literally just think this story is, number one, a perfect, uh, like, I guess, expose of a character. Mm. I think it's actually just like the – if you want to understand who Selena Kyle is. Go like read like no further. But than is this. that something that you really value out of a story? Yeah. Okay. And that's that's what took away from Black Widow for me too, because I'm like, there's moments that got bogged down by continuity, and by literal like you know, 
you didn't understand what's going on. And there, you know, I also really liked that this story didn't feature Batman really at all. Yeah, that was so crucial. It, I think I would have liked it a whole lot less if he was in it. Yeah, because like, I'm like, this character works on her own. Totally. She is a great character, and you see that. So that is definitely something I want to emphasize about it. Uh, I also think that, number one, our, the, the visual storytelling mm-hmm. is unparalleled. And he, I agree. He's not my favorite artist, but he's in my top three for sure. So um, look no further than Darwin Cook. Uh, because he's – and he's also – we'll talk to – I think I might just have you back for DC New Frontier because, mm-hmm. oh, I freaking love I'm excited story. to read that. That is an amazing <laughs> story. But um, yeah, so with with that, with New Frontier uh, and with with this story in general, just as, as this one as it is, I think it's a perfect – sympathetic view on a character and it, it, it the the parts of legacy that it fulfills is just so satisfying so satisfying yeah i mean i think it's interesting to be like oh what makes it an 8.5 and not a 10 so i'm not really sure the like answer to that question i just think um it wasn't like my favorite story i've ever read yeah but it was really good yeah you know, and I was I was talking with someone too recently, and we were just talking about what makes something, you know, it's not what makes something a ten because I've rated this probably the third ten I've given or fourth ten I've given. <laughs> do you think that makes you generous, or do you think that makes? You oh, selective? I'm a very generous. Mm. I like was thinking, I was just thinking about it recently because Hannah gives me so much grief about it that I give, give out too many tens. My scale is so like skewed because when I love <laughs> something, I just adore it. You yeah, know, but I don't think. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think so either. Like I'm like I I really like it. So and I'm glad <laughs> I, really, like, I like it. So, uh, I'm like, so hey guys, it's cool to like stuff. Newsflash. <laughs> but um, I just found that with this story too, uh, it just nails it. And I'm like, you know, when when I read Catwoman or when I see him and I think of my portrayal, this is the one I think of. You know, it just in all the beats and it just satisfies all those parts of the character that I love. Not that this is a competition, but I'm pretty sure I give uh, Black Widow an eight. Yeah. I like the story more. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's not, yeah, no, it's not. And like, I like this for what it is in the same way, you know, I give Squirrel Girl a 10, which is a comedy yeah. book. That's I still like, need to read that, by the way. Oh, great. Yeah. I haven't. I'll loan to you. But, um, it's a silly book, but then, you know, when you read it, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so, for what that story is and what the message, the story, the theme it conveys, that's a 10 to me. You know what I mean? It does it perfectly. So this in that way fulfills that need so Hmm. okay i mean i think (laughs) i got crap for this last time but yeah i don't really ever give out tens yeah um but also i mean i'm not in the comic world so i don't really know what a 10 is um but you are in the comic world i feel like an 8.5 is pretty good that's great that's great in your weird high school way that's a b (laughs) and that (laughs) is not that bad everyone was it i asked as my girlfriend the other day, I was like, what would you rate this burger or something? And she's like, oh, it's like a six. And I'm like, what? That's a D. You're <laughs> so weird. You're like the only one who still thinks that way. Um, Maybe I, you're not. I probably am. But man, well, I did. Well, shoot. You just graduated. You're a doctor. Lauren's the smartest person on the podcast. That is not true. But anyway, 85% pretty damn good. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. great. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. Well, I'm glad you like it. We'll have you back very soon. Thank you cool. so much Thank for being you. on the podcast. We love having you. Um, everyone, stay tuned for next week. We are going to have Hannah on from Hannah, who is on Episode 7 of My Heroes, Raleigh's Junkies. She's coming back for two weeks to do a season review 
season one, season two of The Boys uh, on Prime Video. So you may want to catch up on that. And then follow us on Instagram and maybe give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Five-star rating. Oh, my gosh. That was pretty good. If you give us five stars, Lauren Bear will sing to you. That yeah. That is a guarantee. Guarantee. All right. See you guys later.